Hey everyone, this is Ashley Ellenboss with Sky House Herb School and Apothecary. And today we'll be talking about death, mugwort, and transformation, and likely a bunch of other things too. <laughs> Before I begin, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to support my husband and my Kickstarter campaign that has been going on. It's going to end on December 31st. So if you're watching this before then, please go to nightlightastrology.com, click on the Kickstarter 2023 and make any pledge of support. Every single penny helps. Um, it supports the work I do, creating free content for you guys, my husband's free content on astrology, and it allows us to offer need-based scholarships and a lot of great discounted packages for people who can't afford training in astrology and herbs. So if you can, please donate. Thank you so, so much. And subscribe and like this video if you find it helpful. Into today, into this conversation, I just sat down and I took some mugwort that I made back in 2011. So this tincture is what, 11 years old. And look at this label. <laughs> you know, it's it's nothing pretty. It's nothing flashy. Um, but look at the color of this medicine. If you can't see, if you're not watching this, um, I'm just going to, it's very green. It's this beautiful, beautiful golden green color. And so as I, when I took this medicine before I, I hit the record button, and I was sitting with Mugwort and I was just speaking with her, um, you know, just uh, what I can describe as a feeling of warmth, depth, breadth, and um, processing. Like, I feel like one of the things Mugwort does is it stirs things up so that we can give it expression. And that can be expression through voice speaking. It can be expression through art, can be expression through movement. But, um, you know, mugwort, the Latin name for mug, mugwort is Artemisia vulgaris. And this plant is named after Artemis, the goddess of the moon, in, in um, also known as Diana. But Artemis is really the, she's a warrior. She's pictured as a woman with a crescent moon on her forehead, and she carries a bow and arrow. Uh, she's a fierce hunter and a fierce protector. And another name for this plant is cronewort. So in the phases of this is really a, a women's herb, I think. I mean, men certainly can benefit from it, but it really embodies the energies of the goddess through all three of her phases, from the maiden through the mother to the crone. And so it's called cronewort by a lot of herbalists because it's a very wise medicine. It uh, embodies the wisdom that the woman has of understanding the cycles of life of death, of regeneration and rebirth, you know, these endless cycles. And so mugwort is often used for menstrual irregularity, especially where the menses are sort of slow and dragging. It's a great medicine for helping with cramps. Um, it will bring the menses on. It'll move the woman to the next part of life, that next transitionary phase. So we can think about mugwort medicine as the crone inside of us, that old wise woman inside of us, helping us to make the step 
into the next phase of life. And the next phase of life could doesn't necessarily mean one of the three major ones. It could just simply be into the next year, you know, uh, helping you across the threshold into whatever's next. And I, I think I actually made a video about this plant um, around the same time, maybe like three or four years ago. So I'm going to look back through my... <laughs> um, back through my videos, but I, th I think I did a whole video on this right around this time of year because this plant has such a powerful way of helping us, you know, let go and step into something um, that's needed and new. So I wanted to read to you from this book called Herbal Rituals. This is a book that we'll be using in our Roots and Spheres course, which is starting in January, where we'll be partnering with plants over the course of a full year. Um, mugwort isn't one of the plants that's on our list, but um, this book has a lot of information about plants that we will be dieting and using to learn about the correlation between plant medicine and the planet's. So let me read to you a little bit. This book is from Judith Berger. So she says, let me go back to that one passage. It's so beautiful. She says, Cronewort's growth cycle resembles the shifting form of the goddess from maiden to mother to crone. The young cronewort unraveled its feathery gray-green leaves and casts a magical shimmer over a muddy early March ground, where islands of snow lay sooty and unmelted in the earth's hollows. In spring, the entire surface and underside of each leaf seems to be dipped in a lime-green down and silver moon glow, which beckons bare feet to wade through its mesmerizing sheen. These young leaves added to salad or dried and smoked revive energy by stirring the heart into the cackling, chuckling laughter often indulged in only young in only by young women or very old people. And then she says, I remember a Halloween's women's weekend where we were intent upon visioning. We made homemade cronewort noodles gathered during the day. We drank infused cronewort and before bed, we smoked dried cronewort leaves, asking the spirit of the ancient wise woman to send us visions. And then she goes on to her story about that. So, um, but that the vision and the image of this plant moving through this downy, feathery, silky phase. And then in the summertime, it grows into this sort of dried, you know, I, I when I lead herb walks, I often show people that it looks kind of like a chicken foot. <laughs> it looks like it has these sort of like chicken foot leaves, but the underside remains silvery and very magical all the way through until autumn. And then the leaves start to turn red, and they start to uh, just turn into this, these beautiful fall colors. And you'll see hillsides covered with mugwort. And it reflects sort of that aging, that um, the process of, of going into, um, you know, our most vibrant but aged selves in this, this maroon kind of phase of its life. Um, and the, 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 flowers, which come in the summertime are so beautiful. There are these like little tiny greenish yellow flowers. Um, and that's a really good time to harvest this plant. If you're going to be making uh, smoke blends, if you're going to be doing smudging with mugwort uh, and also drying it for medicine right before they open when it's in that little tiny budded stage. 
So, you know, another reason why, you know, this plant really comes to me is this time of year, you know, late December, early January, the kind of, we're really at the beginning of winter, but it, for many of us, feels like the middle (laughs) of winter is, is how we are processing the process, how we are processing death and death, not just physical death, but the death of parts of us and the death of phases and dreams we've had. My friend Allie sent me this beautiful uh, message from Oprah, (laughs) um, who is full of insights and wisdom. And she talks about this dream she had of being a Broadway actor, actress, you know, like she had accomplished so much in her life. And so she thought sort of the pinnacle of her career would be performing on Broadway. So she held on to the stream and it just didn't work out year after year after year after year. And then when finally the space opened and an opportunity opened for her to study, to perform on Broadway, she said, you know, the the thing is, is that that was a dream, but some dreams just die. And it's not that the dream wasn't a good one. And it's not that the dream wasn't possible. It's just that some dreams die before they're born. And I was really thinking about that, you know, how how I in my own practice and my own work life, there's been visions and dreams and like little seeds that I've carried with me that I think were actually only meant to live as dreams. They, they weren't actually meant to be fully manifested. And so this time of year, it seems like the veil between what is dead and what is alive becomes more thin. And so we can start to actually explore that and look at the parts of ourselves and the dreams we've had that are no longer and to give ourselves permission to let those dreams die, to thank those dreams and say, wow, you were very beautiful you really inspired other parts of me and you inspired other dreams to take form. But you, my friend, you, I am letting you go. And and I, I really love uh, Elizabeth Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She wrote this book called Big Magic. And in it, she says that, you know, ideas and dreams they come to us, but they're not unique to us. So she talked to, she told a story about this book idea she had, and she kept putting it off and putting off and putting it off. And then she she found out, like through the grapevine, that another woman she knew was writing that book. That the dream of that book came to her, but because she ignored it for so long, it actually left her and went to someone else to be manifested. And I. I take so much comfort in that thought that it's not up to me to birth every dream. Some dreams come to me and through the processes of my own soul, some of those dreams I have to let go so that they can be carried out and manifested by someone else. And to me, that relieves so much pressure, right? This pressure that we often feel that if I can't do it, or if I don't do it, no one else will do it. It's up to me. I carry this responsibility, this torch of this idea. And if I don't do it, it will die and people will suffer. But is that true? You know, or are are these dreams energies in themselves? You know, the Greek had this word daimon, like spirits. 
Dreams can be spirits that come into us. They inhabit us. They take over us, but they're not unique to us. They can go and live in another body. And so mugwort is a plant that's used for lucid dreaming. It's used for visioning. And it's used to help us get clear about, are these visions ours? Or like the crone, is this a vision that we have to actually hand off to the next generation, hand off to someone else? Yeah, I remember, you know, so many times in my life, these these older women who would enter into my world and they would support me, you know, they like made yoga videos that went on to, you know, I have this one yoga video out there called Yoga for Relaxation that got like, I don't know, 600,000 views. And I got, you know, I got um, comments from people in Australia who were incarcerated saying, you know, I I watch your video every day and it really helps me get through my jail sentence. (laughs) Videos, you know, and then emails from people in Switzerland saying this, this video has helped me go through the death of a parent. You know, it's just wild. But that video only came into being because an older woman believed in me and sat down, recorded it, edited it, put it together, and then put it on her her YouTube channel. So, you know, she she invested in a dream of someone else. And so as I'm, you know, aging, I'm also thinking about this of of, you know, the dreams that I can no longer birth? How do I find other women and support their visions and say, you know what? I now have resources to help you. How do I help you bring your dream into reality? And that it doesn't mean that I'm no longer of value. In some ways, my value is more potent because I'm able to give it, because I'm able to support others. And so Cronewort how do we embody the elder spirit who's wise enough to say no, who's wise enough to pass the torch on, who's wise enough to let people and ideas leave them? And I, I've been thinking a lot this this time of year. I always think this time of year about my friend, Trisha. Some of you may who've been following me for a while probably went through this whole process with me um, about, I think it was six years ago. Today, they found her body six years ago today. And Trisha was a dear friend. She was a yoga teacher. She was a nutritionist. She was an herbalist. She was an actor. And for years, people were like, you need to meet this girl. You need to meet this girl because her and I, you know, we our worlds were so alike. You know, we were very, very similar, similarly spirited women. Um, and so I remember when I finally met her, it was like zing, zing, zing. We just became like instant friends. And she taught at my herb school. Um, I brought my students to her herb garden in DC where we did apprenticeships, teaching people how to grow herbs in her, uh, the garden that she founded in the city called the common good city farm. And, you know, Trisha and I, not only did we teach yoga in similar spaces, we knew a lot of the same people and, you know, I just loved working with her. And on 
the day after Christmas, I got, I received a frantic phone call from a mutual friend saying, we can't find her. We don't know where she is. She didn't, she was supposed to be on a plane to visit her family and she never got on the plane. She was supposed to go to a Christmas party. She never showed up. And uh, we were frantically searching. You know, my husband was casting horary astrology charts, trying to figure out where she was. Didn't look good. I had a one-year-old baby and, you know, I was on the phone up until like one in the morning, calling, texting, trying to figure out if anyone had seen her. And I'll never forget when they, when I, I, I got the text from our friend saying they found her car and she was in the back seat strangled. And, um, they found, you know, I, I will spare you all the horrible story, but needless to say, her life was taken by someone who was haunted a man who I, I am as we put the story together, we think he was probably someone on the street. She was trying to help and somehow he hijacked her car and kept her in the car for days and then took her life. And, you know, I think about her in those hours, days, we don't know of, of what she must've been experiencing under the captivity of this very, very sick man. And, you know, you can't, I feel like that experience going through that has changed me and introduced me into the darkness of humanity in a way that I think before that I I didn't see and I didn't know. And so, you know, for any of you who've experienced a traumatic loss, a violent loss of a of a loved one, I my heart goes out to you because it's so hard to recover your sense of faith and hope after you experience someone being taken from you in an unimaginably an unimaginably dark and um, violent way. So we do recover, though somehow, somehow light continues to shine even when we go through dark spaces and somehow we find hope in humanity, but we never go back to the innocence that we had before that. And the crone, the wise woman who knows the darkness, who's experienced deaths, who's died many times herself, can be such a comfort during times when we have to let go and we have to move on and knowing that the cycle will turn on, that the moon goes dark, but then the sliver of light returns and slowly but surely builds its way back to the full moon. And so I think about this plant and all the ways it can help us uh, move blood, move life force. You know, mugwort is also burned. I have, I was using this with my daughters the other day. Um, this is a moxa stick that's used in Chinese medicine to stimulate the flow of chi and blood in the body. And so we were, I was burning this and, you know, you can 
find these sticks and you burn them and they don't have a flame. They just get really hot and you can rub it right along, not rub it, don't rub it. <laughs> you like have it maybe like an inch or two inches from uh, along the, the neck. So from the C2 all the way up to the skull, you can just wave the heat of the wand over that area. It's also really good to do on the pinky side of the foot. On either side of the foot, that's a really great place to just stimulate heat, immunity, blood flow, chi flow. Um, for women, if you have cramping, you can put it over your belly and your uterus to help blood flow there. But this is, you know, this moxa stick is made from ground mugwort leaves. So it is, this is mugwort um, in a different form. And it's so nourishing. I feel like that's the word that I, that best describes moxa is like, it's like warm and warm nourishment and uh, moves stagnation. And so if that's part of what you're feeling this time of year is some sort of just lethargy stagnation, take a little bit, you know, this is this mugwort tincture. It's 11 years old, but it still is so vibrant. It's still so full of life. So if you can find some fresh mugwort tincture, fresh plant tincture, you know, just take several drops on your tongue throughout the day. It's very bitter, very aromatic. You'll feel it starting to move your digestive secretions. So it stimulates the liver, stimulates the gastric secretions to help you digest food, break down toxins, stimulates blood flow from the heart through the uterus. Um, you do not want to take mugwort internally if you're pregnant because it does stimulate blood flow. So you don't want to do that. Um, but you can also, you know, burn it, burn it around the spaces that you live in. Um, in herbal rituals, she talks about how, let's see here. She says, drinking cronewort, we become like the old woman whose blind eyes belie the vast reservoir of vision awake within her other senses. We begin to use another form of seeing, using our hands to caress our environment, identifying by feel those feelings, those ideas, those things, and people which carry life, meaning, and magic. I believe Cronewort is off, is called forgetful because she is medicine for those who have forgotten the beauty of all the plant represents. The hag of the plant world, Cronewort assists us in remembering our simple common wildness, our connection with the moon and magic, our experience of sacred menstruation, and our partnership with the atmosphere. So friends, I, I encourage you this time of year to sit still, to take in the plant medicines that caress you, that remind you, that help you vision. I encourage you to keep a journal by your bedside and journal your dreams and try to decode what they mean for you, about you, for you. And maybe even ritualistically write down the dreams that have since passed where their time is no longer here. Write down those dreams and symbolically burn them, burn them with a few mugwort leaves or burn them in a little seashell and let those dreams go, let them go to someone else um, so that you can be with the power of the now, the power of the dreams yet to come. You can sit in the ashes that 
fertilize the soil that will be open to the seeds of inspiration that are coming your way from beyond the veil, from other people's deaths? What are the gifts that are coming to you? And are you open to them? You know, Can you create enough space to be open, to let those new seeds become yours? Thank you again. I wish you all a very happy new year as you make this transition into your new phase. I, again, thank you for your support of my videos, of my husband's work. And if you can donate and pledge for our Kickstarter, you can grab a seat in our Roots and Spheres course for a discounted rate, or just you know grab any other readings or recordings that you might find helpful for your year ahead. Go to nightlightastrology.com. I'll have a link in the descriptions. And if you want to get whisked away to a warm tropical environment in the spring, in April, I'll be supporting Rukmini Walker in a retreat for women where we'll be exploring all of these things, uh, spirituality, birth, death, our voice, yoga, plant medicines, art therapy. It's going to be very magical. So there's still time to register. There's a link to the Urban Davy registration link also in the descriptions below. So I would love to see some of you listeners there, especially those of you who, you know, we correspond with into with each other over the years in the comments. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Blessings, protection, motherwort. I mean, mugwort or cronewort is also a great protector plant. So may she protect you as you enfold yourself in these dark winter days. Thank you, everyone. Be well.